Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Supercoach Edge, officially for season 2023. And geez, the off-season has been long and arduous with BBL Supercoach. Well, for me anyway, failing to fill the void. But Liam, it's good to be back. And we've refreshed ourselves with a, a catchy new intro song, courtesy of uh, none other than uh, Jack Black. So uh, on the tunes, I don't know what it's actually called. It's the um, electric version of the sax, I think it is. Welcome, oh, by the yeah. way. So it's a- <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It was, and, and you know, it's refreshed. But I think we're still bringing a lot of the, a lot of the tried and true things that we've had in the podcast coming back. Um, yeah. It's not all, all, all new. It's no, exactly. New. It's got both of us, yeah, old faces, old voices. Unfortunate exactly. for some, whoever tune in, the suckers <laughs> that tune in. Um, but uh, something that is new, which um, I'm not sure we might make some more. But as you can see here, if you're watching us on YouTube is the exclusive Supercoach Edge T-shirt, which I've got one variant of, and Liam, you've got uh, the other one. Yes, the there other one. There it is, version. a nice little, uh, the one, the one uh, just just on the heart, on the heart. Just, yeah, where, where, where it belongs. You wear it on your heart, and uh, we roll through all things Supercoach. As Brett Kirk would say, speaking from the heart. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, of course, for those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome. Uh, you can find us littered across your social channels via, of course, YouTube. Simply search mm-hmm. Supercoach Edge and uh, don't forget to sup, 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 subscribe as uh, people that are tuning in for the first time would know that gag from last year. Um, but uh, make sure to subscribe to be notified of when our content drops from week to week. On Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge, uh, you can find myself at DemoJ88. And yourself, now, Liam, we are using an old um, <laughs> run sheet template here, but I assume this is the updated one. Is it 
at L underscore Evans underscore 95? I think so. I'm going to assume it is because it rolls off the tongue compared to your... For those of you tuning in for the first time, there was was a bit of an ongoing... That is the old one. It is the old one. Okay. The the new one is at Liam Evans underscore 95. Ah, at Liam. Yeah, I see. I see. Oh. Okay, we've ooh, both ooh. updated the, the run sheet at the same time. Well, uh, <laughs> that's probably the reason why I was getting choked up as I was uh, rolling through the, um, the the handles there. You did it quite well, though. You I did. did. Quite well. That's because I had a bit of practice from last year when uh, I was fumbling and stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you can find us also on Facebook. Just search Supercoach Edge and Instagram, Supercoach Edge. And we also have started a... Um, uh, what do the kids call it? Uh, TikTok. I think that's the um, I think that's the channel. Um, we're ventured on there, and uh, we will be uh, pumping out a few uh, shorts, reels, all those sort of things. Uh, so feel free to follow us on all those channels. Now, Liam, for the people that are tuning in, now is the first edition in a range of preseason episodes to come, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the all important midfield on this occasion, breaking it down player by player, which of the primos present the most value is the first question we asked ourselves who presents the most upside, which mid prices could be on the cusp of a breakout year and which rookies are we keeping an eye on before we see any exposed form in the preseason. And if you're watching us on YouTube and we uh, recommend you do so for the fancy new player graphics, making it an absolute treat for the eyes and the ears for, uh, Mm. for, you know, both it's, it's almost like a sensory overload. I think you'd probably call it. (laughs) It is. Which is the reason why I'm wearing no pants, Liam, like usual, like like 2022. <laughs> New year, same old me. Uh, but uh, we'll also, at least on, on YouTube, um, in the form of chapters, the relevant time codes for the discussion times on each of the players in the description below the video, making it so, well, easy to navigate. So uh, we are, after all, discussing 34, that's right, 34 Oof. players in total. So it's going to be super helpful for that. So jump on YouTube, check us out, subscribe. And yeah, you can click on the time codes and it'll actually jump to that player that's, uh, you know, you want to hear us having a bit of a yarn about. So Liam, without further ado, boo-boo, let's jump into it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Must probably say from the, uh, from the get-go, you'll hear us referencing, uh, you know, phrases about, you know, true value, true price. So with a lot of these guys, um, We've actually gone through when we formulated um, a bit of a formula, I guess you could probably call it, from uh, the combined three average of players, really. And I've put a little bit uh, into a little bit of a run sheet and stuff, and um, hopefully that comes in handy down the track. And actually, we might even offer it potentially as a part of our Patreon Ooh. offering as a Supercoach Edge almanac. Uh, so Ooh. the reason behind this thinking of, you know, true value, true price, looking at the three year combined average of players is the fact that there are certain players, especially some reliable primos, which have had a down year. Yet, if you look at their uh, averages across the two seasons prior to that, indicate a more consistent form line of a high average. So taking this into account, we've assumed that's uh, obviously the one down year with it being 2022 is an outlier and thus is a way to work out whether the starting price in 2023 of a player is value in terms of being underpriced or overpriced. So if their 2022 average lines up with their combined three-year average, their value is on par. If their combined average is above what their 2022 average is, they are overpriced. And if their combined average is below their 2022 average, 
they're deemed overpriced. So there's a lot of underpriced, mm. overpriced averages. Your head's probably in a spin. So that's uh, that's fair enough there. But um, we're going to be providing some examples with some players we're about to have a chat about to give you a little bit of a better idea. So hopefully um, that solidifies as we go through each of these players. So Liam, do you want to kick us off? Let's kick off. Let's, Let's start our discussion of the midfield. Um, we'll kick off with some tried and true primos, top tier talent. Mm, uh, and I think we'll go down in maybe price order, I reckon. Yep. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. order to us. Makes yep. the most sense. So, you know, order! We know, we know who's going to be up first. And that is from the Crows, Rory Laird, 703.9K. Absolutely eye-wateringly high price there. Uh, with a value, uh, in terms of value, he's obviously top priced. You're not getting much. This is a hard thing to say. You're not getting much value, but yeah. you are getting quality. So you're going to pay for what you get with yep. uh, with Rory Laird. He's not a bargain um, by any stretch of the imagination, no. um, but he is top quality talent. One one thing I do just quickly want to raise, um, and I haven't looked at the numbers, and I might do this in like this. some future podcasts. Uh, no, no, a just, future just podcast, fly, maybe fly on the strategy, cuff. but going to fly off the cuff. I've yep. seen stats for AFL fantasy: the top three highest scorers. So there's been this consistent thing across the last few years. The top three highest scorers for like 2021, uh, in 2022, they had a drop off of about 10% for their scores. This is for fantasy. So I haven't looked into it for uh, Supercoach, but it would be interesting to see the similar similar sort of correlation. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do some. Working like out that. on those numbers mm. when I Jeez, get a chance, a a and, uh, I'll, I'll come back, come back with you. So that's one thing that does raise uh, my concerns for Rory Led. There obviously are a few queries around him. He will will the return of Sloan impact him? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Potentially, I'd probably say <laughs> probably probably not, but 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 yeah. there is potential. And also, you've got Sam Berry. He could take another step up in his development, and that could lead to you know points being stolen. Um, from lead he does however have a set role in the crows engine room now compared to pre-2021 and with his i think with the with his performance i can't see why you wouldn't want him to to stay in that mid position and and let him have that free reign uh one thing to keep in mind is obviously his buy it is in round 14 which is the third buy so he could be could be a bit of a target to pick up um i think he could probably i personally He's he's currently in my draft team, but I think I've got him in there just because he costs so much. Mm. Um, at 703.9K, I was like, get him in, and then I can always downgrade him to someone else and have some cash left over. Yep. Um, so I think he's going to be probably, by the time the season starts, I can't see him in my side, and I think I'll be looking to save some money, save some cash, and then hope that he does drop in price um, with some early lower scores um, below below that average, and then I can pick him up a bit cheaper, maybe closer to his buy. But otherwise, I do think – I don't think it's a bad pick, though, to, to take no. him, um, but probably not something that I will be doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you've said there. Um, on top of those guys you mentioned as well, there's there's been Keys as well. Um, yeah. And then there was uh, – 
what's his name? The brother, Matt. Uh, uh, Crouch. Crouch. Sorry, I forgot his name because he's just not in the Crows lineup anymore. He's a he's a shadow <laughs> of his former self. He's uh, uh, on the sidelines more than he is on the field. And, um, you know, who knows? He might have a turnaround in uh, in fortunes and, and take a spot in the midfield as well, which means exactly. more rotations, less points. But I think, as you said, with Roy Laird, um, he's tried and tested. Everyone knows what he delivers. Absolute gun. Um, so, yeah, you'd, you'd, um, if you're going for him, I think it's a, it's a solid pick. But I think, yeah, I'm in the same camp as there, uh, as you. Uh, just I think I'm happy to save more more money than uh, than spend, which is quite funny because this next guy we're about to chat about is someone that I'm saying is a lock and load and he's only 4K, uh, actually he's $4,100 cheaper. So not much difference, but he's probably someone that uh, we've lent on so, so often. And it is the pig himself, oink, oink. It is Clary the pig, Oliver. And he's priced at six. Hundred ninety nine point eight thousand dollars, and uh, in terms of value, I mean, like Laird as well. He's probably priced on par with uh, with expectations, and uh, you're going to get the quality that you pay for. So no issues there. In terms of his buy, shares the same buy as Rory Laird with round fourteen. So if you don't start with him, he could potentially be a, uh, a trade in option around about that point. Um, although I couldn't imagine uh, starting 14 rounds or 13 rounds without having Clary Oliver in my <laughs> team. Um, and then in terms of the queries and upside, and you'll you'll uh, see here, we're going through each of the players and talking about their value, what their buy is, queries slash upside, as well as the verdict as well from both of us. So uh, in terms of queries and upside, with Clary, uh, one of the more durable players, so no qualms there. And he, he actually missed his first game in seasons due to an injured thumb in uh, 2022. And if anything, the inclusion of another quality ruck in Brody Grundy. you got to remember him. He's, he's kind of flew under the radar, I think, a bit now at the moment. Um, and it's going to serve him well in terms of uh, clearances um, and, yeah, benefit him in terms of contested possessions, everything else as well at the uh, the coalface. So with that in mind and what we know about Clary, an absolute pig when it comes to fantasy <laughs> and super coach, uh, just meet him at the trough and just get in, get on your knees and start just just chomping away with him. Roll around in the dirt and the mud. Um, he's one that I'm locking in. He was actually the first or – no, he's actually the second player that I locked in. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know who the first one is that's coming up shortly. You'll probably guess who it is. But, yeah, he's someone that I love. I've started over the over the years. And, um, yeah, lock and load I think is is the, uh, the verdict that I've got. Yeah, I agree entirely with that. Um, I think not only do you have – like I think the Gorn and Grundy factor is is massive there. Um, he's got two such high quality ruckmen that are going to just be feeding in the ball. Mm. Um, and we'll talk about the Gorn Grundy combination later because I think that has other implications on on players. The only yep. question I do have is whether is probably Grundy just having to settle into that midfield um, as well. Um, yep. but I'm sure that True. would not be too big an issue, um, especially maybe early on it might be, but I, I think it'll be ironed out pretty quickly. Um, yep. And I, I think, yeah, Oliver's Oliver's a lock and load. I think he was – he's definitely on my side um, and I can't see him moving moving out um, of there. Um, now moving on, we've got Lockie Neal, uh, 676,200. Uh, and he's probably priced appropriately as compared to his output um, for 2022 when he was severely underpriced and we all started him and 
It was it was great. Um, this year, I think is probably more 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 realistic, more more appropriate to his his actual value. Um, he has the buy uh, in round twelve, which sorry, I got hiccups. Uh, which is the first buy. Lucky uh, so you could bring him in as an upgrade target in in that second in that second week of the buys. Um, and one thing to note, just quickly, there's actually four buy rounds this year um, as opposed mm. to the three. So the second buy also only has two two uh, buys, uh, two teams, sorry, uh, Geelong and Gold Coast. I don't know why it's been set yeah. up this way. I haven't looked into, into it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, one, from a super coach perspective, whether that plays out the way that I think it was Port and the Suns when they used to have that China game, Yeah, how they used to always, it used to be a full rotation um it wasn't wasn't a best 18 um in that round it'll be interesting to see whether they do something similar uh for that round or what what happens but just something to keep in mind um so there is value um when we talk about some other players um where it might be worth starting them um purely because they're they're not geelong and gold coast players aren't going to be affected by the buys um in the same way um, or aren't going to affect our teams in the same way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so basically based off his buy, you could bring him in as an early upgrade target in that second week. Um, the queries and the upside, the big one I reckon is Josh Dunkley. Uh, yeah. What impact does he have on in that in that uh, Brisbane lineup? Um, as, yeah, I, I think that's the big question that I have. What about Ashcroft? Um, obviously, Neil also suffers from a tag at times. So that's another factor. But in saying that, does Dunkley coming in take attention away from him and towards Dunkley instead? Mm. So does that free locking Neil up? It's it's all a bit, I think it's a bit up in the air. Yeah. Um, I think he hasn't been, I think for his price, he's a bit overpriced for a player that is so susceptible to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have that ability to score really highly, but I personally think, uh, I think there's better value elsewhere and I'd probably be looking yep. to maybe target him early on if he's, uh, hopefully his price drops a bit, um, yep. and I can target him early on. That's probably where I'm at. He's not in my side. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very much similar as well. Um, I won't delve into it too much but you've covered off most, most of it there but yeah talking about value and lack thereof he's uh he's combined uh three-year average is 118.96 compared to his uh, average in 2022 is 122.8 so he's he's priced at um oh four points overs, um, yeah. overs um so he's probably should be around about that uh uh, around about 660, 655-ish thereabouts. So um, he's probably 20K too expensive, I think, um, at the moment. And yeah, like you said, you could probably uh, bring him in as your, uh, as an upgrade target in that uh, that second week after he has the uh, the first set of buys. It's going to be super handy to bring in someone of his quality as well early on. Um, so keep that in mind. And this next guy is, uh, is someone that we, uh, we both love, Liam. And we uh, released a photo of him during the preseason looking absolutely ripped. Um, whew, it just, just blew me away. It blew me away. Yeah. Um, and it is Took Miller, the Tuk Tuk, uh, the running man Miller. And he's priced at 662.4K. In terms of value, uh, he's great value given his output is on par with Laird and at times eclipses him. And he's 40K cheaper than Laird. 
So putting that into, into perspective is just is an absolute bargain. And with that, and with that, that assurance of uh, consistency comes that VC and C option, which is super crucial from week to week, as we know. In terms yeah. of the buy, uh, he does have the round 13 buy, which is the second buy. And um, yeah, like you mentioned with uh, with Neil there or um, previous to that, uh, Gold Coast and Geelong only have that uh, that, that buy there. So going to be great cover for the other weeks um, and shouldn't really upset your structure there. And I think everyone should have Took Miller. Um, yeah that aside, but that's just a little bit of a cherry on top as well. In terms of queries and upside, not many queries really. Um, as I said, looking super fit, super ripped. Jeez, I, I wish I had his physique. What a man. What a man. This is probably delving into a different sort of podcast here, uh, but a bit of man love. But yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, we know what he can produce and he's got no competition for spots either. Um, young side at Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, even though there's an uprising of the likes of um, Anderson and, and Rail and the like, doesn't matter. He's uh, he's leading the midfield. He's leading the charge. Verdict is lock and load, and especially with his buy, you can't go too wrong there. Exactly. Um, I saw that photo, and that was he was first picked based off that. I was going to say, what did you feel? First picked in my side. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, again, I don't know if this is the right podcast. For no, that. it's probably not. It's probably uh, not. But uh, yeah, first picked. Um, and when I saw the buy situation, I just I can't see why you wouldn't pick him. I look yeah. at Neil, who's priced, you know, fourteen k ish more, um, and I can't see why you would pick. Like I just go took Miller's the better option um, in my in my eyes. Um, yeah. No competition for spots. Uh, he's looking fit as hell. Um, I only just missed out on a brown low as well. Very, very close. Um, Hopefully that spurs him on uh, for another big, big year this year. I just think, yeah, there's just too much upside um, in terms of, um, there's too much upside in terms of strategy behind him, like the VCC option um, and the buys that just don't think, drag him over the line. Yep. So far past the line, in fact, that he is just the first pick, as I said. He's in a different uh, anyway. stratosphere. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving on, uh, we've got Callum Mills priced at 642.4K. Now his value, again, is on par with expectations. He provides a bit of a pot option potentially. He's generally a bit overlooked given he is sandwiched between the likes of, you know, Miller, uh, Bont, McRae, uh sort of in that middle, in between that price packet um, and probably some more proven players, I want to say, super coach-wise. Yeah. Uh, his buy is in round 12, which is obviously the first buy and, again, could be an early upgrade target for you there. Um, in terms of the queries and the upside, I guess, he has been thrown into defence at times and if a key injury presents in-game, this could be something that occurs and potentially persists season long which could put a bit of a dent in his scoring given he is uh, probably most productive as a mid, really. Um, But I think as well, I think we looked at it a little bit last year um, and obviously we can't forecast his scores this year, but last year we saw a bit of volatility in his scoring. He had really high scores, but he also had quite low scores and obviously that averages out. Um, So you can't really necessarily look at the averages. You actually need to look at the max and the min. Um, to actually get a bit of an understanding of where his scoring's at. I mean, obviously, if you're playing for uh, 
if you're playing for rank, it's probably not the end of the world because, as as, as I said, the average is what you're going to get across across all the weeks. Um, but if you are playing for, for leagues, for instance, that volatility um, could be a little bit hurtful um, for your for your league matches, I guess. Um, so for me, if you want for pods, maybe he's a bit of a he's a genuine primo pod. I will say, mm, yeah. I just I think there's better value elsewhere. Um, but again, it's probably better value elsewhere, but it's not going to be the pod status. So if you are into a pod, Callum Mills is probably not a bad bad option for you. Yeah, totally agree there. And and just talking about the uh, the three year average, he's averaging across the past three years one ten point one, and his uh, his average in twenty twenty two is one sixteen point seven. So slightly inflated. Uh, compared to what his output is over the last three years on average. But it's also another interesting to, thing to note is the end. You know, we always talk about the start price of players from previous years, but his end price in 2022 was 575.3. So he he actually started yeah, at wow. 612.1. He reached a maximum of 686.4 and then dipped down to uh, 575.3 and then his starting price is 642.4. So, I mean, like you were saying there, his, his yeah. prices do fluctuate. He's got that, that you know, standard deviation that does tend to waver a fair bit. He has those massive games, like he had a 167 against your mob uh, in the Dons. Um, and then the very next week against Carlton, he was 102. So, I don't know, like, it depends as well what you're going for. If you're going for uh, for league matches and, and um, you know, prize leagues and stuff from week to week, uh, head to head matchups and stuff that could actually kill you at times. Um, you know, he's a, a really nice player to have. And yes, he does average quite well across the course of the season with that one sixteen point seven last, last, uh, I should start, start saying last year now, cause it is 2023, but it's still throwing me. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's something to factor in, I think as well, when we talk about these players who's consistent across, uh, you know, the week to week throughout the year, um, and who are those guys that uh, are like uh, Keller Mills that, um, yeah, kind of are a bit up and down. Um, yeah, but moving and on, I think, oh, sorry. So just quickly on that, like I think the point is, you know, he scored a 214, he scored a 167, but equally he scored a 60 and a 70. Um, mm. So he has that volatility. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of his scores were below 100 as well. Um, yeah. So that's, I guess, yeah, where, where I think the volatility comes in. Um, you're not getting someone who is just consistently scoring, um, scoring well necessarily. Yep. Yep. Totally get you there. Uh, moving on to uh, the Bont man, Marcus Bontempelli. He is priced at 639.5K. In terms of value, um, probably on par with with what expectations are. Um, Three-year average is 117.3 and he's averaged 116.1 for 2022. So, virtually identical um in terms of the buy he does have the the fourth buy in round 15 and then looking mm-hmm. at the queries and upside so the main query with bont over the the past few years actually is the fact that he's been played up forward at times uh and saw him actually have the dpp um, eligibility as a forward mid but that in itself does put a dent in his scoring ceiling um we know it can be really high at times um but then you've got to look at as well um, is there potential that he's going to spend more time in midfield? And there's a few indications as to why it's, it's sort of pointing towards yes, because first of all, we have Bruce, Josh Bruce returning for the dogs. Um, so he could potentially take up that spot up forward as a key forward. 
And also factoring in uh, the second year development of Sam Darcy as well as another tall option up there. Um, but the one alarming thing is the fact that just looking at his CBA differential is he's dropped from 73% CBAs in 2021 down to 58% in 2022. Ooh. And that was off the back of him being pushed forward a bit more, um, yeah. more around the ground, sometimes on the wing, not as much as other guys we'll talk about with, uh, with Jack McRae. Um, but mm. the big factor now is that he no longer has Josh Dunkley there, first and foremost, um, but then also he doesn't have um, Lockie Hunter there, who's now at the Ds. Um, he probably impacts the wing role a bit more, but without Dunkley yep. there in the engine room, predominantly, will that mean that he's, he's required more in the midfield? You'd think so, given, like I just said, Josh Bruce up forward, Sam Darcy development up forward, um, Eugle Hagen, the like. Yep. Um, I think off the back of that, he's probably, of all years, he is the one guy um, that I'm strongly considering starting. I haven't started him uh, probably for about four seasons now. It was actually the COVID season. I think I started him um, and he went to shit. And then I tried, I think you might've done the same thing. He went to shit. I yeah. traded him. Then he came good. So I haven't forgotten that yeah. one. Um, but yeah, this is the one season that I'm actually considering starting him since then. Um, and that's for all those reasons. So in terms of the verdict for me, great value upside is there for a breakout season off the back of that. So um yeah, he's he's got his foot in a spot in my midfield. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I <laughs> I'm considering Bont for the first time in a while. Um, and yeah, I guess I think there's some there's a stat that I want to talk about in a future episode. Future episode. Oh, I like it in our uh, strategy episode, perhaps. That yeah, in our strategy episode, I think. Um, yep. And I might talk a little bit about reasons why you'd want to select him. Um, yep. But in essence, just I have a good feeling about Bond. Um, yep. And I think that is why you should potentially look at him. Um, and there's good value there. I think there's a bit of upside that we can look into, uh, we can expect from him. No worries. Well, I'll, I'll pick up this next guy, Liam, because there is a guy after yeah. this guy, so many guys, um, that's, uh, that is more relevant to you because he does play Fuel Mob. Uh, but first up, we have Jack McRae at 634.4K. And like Bont, he is actually super value. Underpriced, almost massively, I'll say, because his three-year average is 121.5, but he is priced, obviously, on his 2022 average of 115.2. Mm. And looking at his, obviously those averages for the, the prior two years, he averaged 128.6 and 121, which suggests 2022 was just an outlier. So like I spoke of from the start, these are the guys, or these are the sort of numbers you have to look at. Um, but there is a reason as to why he did drop in average. And um, I'll get into that shortly with queries. In terms of the buy, he does have the round 15 buy, obviously he shares it with Bont. Um, fourth by and looking at the query is a bit, bit deeper um, and upside. Oh, I suppose upside first and foremost, like we mentioned, we'll delve into that in a bit greater detail with our strategy episode, but upside is no Dunkley, which means that does help his scoring output. However, he has been played on the wing at times, which is part of the reason why he dropped in average. And now without Hunter mm. at the dot at the dogs, he's now at the D's. Could he be marooned on the wing as a result mm. a bit more often? Or will Bailey Smith take up that mantle? Or will there just be a rotation of players through the wing? Um, alarmingly, though, 
Like Bond, his CBA has dropped from 77% to 64% in 2022 compared to 2021. So there's a few alarming stats there, but there is reason that he could potentially turn it around. Um, oh, but I'm I'm not as confident as, as, uh, as what I am with Bond just because Bond is Bond. And uh, there's so much going for him on the on the, the forward front, but I won't go into too much detail because we'll keep that for a future episode. Um, rolling through quickly in terms of the verdict, I think yeah, the, the 2022 and 21 averages are a better reflection of his true output overall, and the heights he could once again reach in 2023. I will say I do love this as a bit of an each way bet. I love this pick, although it is fraught with danger um, because yeah. of that wing spectre looming over him. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's a it's a ballsy move, I want to say. Um, yep. It's a ballsy move to an extent because I think you're right. Looking at his looking at his sort of longer term average, he's, he's severely underpriced. Um, but there's just something about, I think, his scores from last year that kind of make it hard to pick him personally. Like... It's sort of that exposed. It's that mo- most recent form, in a sense. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really going to come down to his role. I think if he's if he can get back into the into the middle, I think it's definitely worth looking at picking him up. Um, so maybe it's one that I will have to look at the the mid. Uh, sorry, the preseason. Um, before I make make a make a genuine call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this stage, I think I'm going to bypass mm-hmm. him. Yep. But equally. I can see why you would pick him up. So it's it's one of yeah again each way bet. He's a watch. Um, yeah, I think he's a watch. Definitely a watch. Yes. Um, moving on, we got from my mob Saki Merritt six hundred and seventeen point five k. I had a I had a sliding doors moment last year. Um, mm. Priced a hundred. Uh, I could pick between Parish and and Merritt. Merritt was I think hundred k less. Decided to pick up Parish because. Um, he had, you know, better scoring output at the time, um, more consistent. Uh, Parrish then got injured in that game and Merritt went on to kill it. Yep. So I feel burnt. I feel burnt by uh. my own man. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> on to the value. The burn man. Now, yeah, by my own man. Value. I've got the question marks here. Like just, I actually, it's, it's a hard mm. one. Because I've looked into these stats a little bit and I'll, and I'll touch on it a little bit later, but he did come home after the buy like a freight train. Uh, there was five weeks in a row where he scored above 130. Um, so he went yeah. off his nut. Um, but I just don't think the value is there with, with merit at the start of the season. Uh, but I think, so I think you can probably grab him cheaper after his buy. So someone that I'd probably look to upgrade to potentially, um, buy in round 14 so it is the third buy um now the query is an upside now a trend that we've seen over the last two years uh with merit and probably a bit further back as well isn't he tends to increase his average later in the season particularly after the buy so you actually see that he scores better in the second half of the year so it's like he has a slow start and then he builds um and that was something I think I raised last year when yeah. I was talking about Merritt between versus Parish was that Merritt had a tendency to pick up his average. So you were going to get higher scores. Um, so don't look at his, he had a slow start to the season. Same thing happened in 2021, same thing happened in 2022. And then he picked up his scoring as we saw. So if this trend continues, I think it's probably something that you can probably grab him cheaper because he's going to, he's priced at 
Um, uh, sorry, I actually don't know what he's priced at off the top of my head. 617.5? 617. Oh, yeah, sorry, 617.5. So he's, I think that'll come down and you ever grab him probably for probably sub 500, uh, sub 600, sorry, um, maybe five, 590 something. Um, and then you'll hopefully come home like a freight train like you yeah. did this year. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I think there's value in him later in the season potentially if if the if the trends are going to continue. I mean, there's also you could also raise questions over his role with a new coach. I don't think he's going to get dropped out of a midfield, um, but there is obviously a potentially a new midfield mix, different rotations. I'd expect I'll touch on that a bit later when I talk about Darcy Parish. Um, so he's one that I'd want to at least see in the free season. But personally, I would be in terms of the verdict, I would wait for his buy um, to to pick him up. Yeah, you're uh, you're spot on there. I was just like, as you were chatting about him, I was comparing his uh, compare the pair, compare the last two seasons, and literally, it is round yeah. fourteen, round fourteen yeah. after his buy, and round fourteen he has a shit one or substandard below a hundred. From then on, hundreds galore. Like twenty twenty one, absolutely insane. And he lifted his average. This is in twenty twenty one. Lifted his average from one hundred nine point nine to finish with one fifteen, and then. In 2022, at round 14, he was 103 and then finished with 112. So lifted his average by yep. nine points over, what's that, uh, nine nine rounds. Absolutely insane. Just absolutely yeah. bananas. Like scores of 140, 147, 136, 133, 140. And like he even was able to dip down, have a couple of shit ones with 71 and 73 yeah. and then finish off with a 150 against the Tigs. Like just craziness. Yeah, absolutely nuts. So that's why I think that that's why I, I do raise him as someone that you wait for. Um, yep. Just because I think he'll potentially, even if he doesn't drop in price, you're not getting, you're potentially not getting, you're not using your money on a player that's sort of scoring averagely, I want to mm. say. Like he's scoring okay, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing to, you know, um, write home about. But then he comes home like like that freight train um, when he's going to lift his average and hopefully be priced at the very least a little bit cheaper than he is now. Um, and then you can pick up those really good scores. So that's kind of the the strategy there yep. with Merritt in my mind. Um, like I'm going to actually, you know, I'm going to jump into the next guy because yep. I was about to say I'm going to let you. you talk about the guy <laughs> after that. Uh, well spotted. Yeah. So Andy Rayshaw. <clears throat> actually, you... you Probably could talk about this guy too. You're a big fan. Uh, 615.6K. Uh, value, again, I feel like he's a bit like the Mills. I feel like he's probably the changing of the guard to an extent. Yeah. Um, probably on the younger side. So I think he hasn't got the runs on the board that – he doesn't have the runs on the board, but I think that there's there's the other players that we all kind of look to. Um, and I think Brayshaw is sort of the next – He'll, he'll be the ones that we're looking to in the future um, yeah. a bit more sure, surely. Um, but he's not quite there yet. So he could be a bit of a pod um, and overlooked for some of the other options, especially um, with the next guy in the list, mm. considering his 4K cheaper. Um, his buy is, he's the first buy in round 12. Um, and the query is an upside for him. He did draw a tag at times and clearly struggled which does obviously limit his ceiling overall. Um, so that's that's one thing. Can he can he sort of push through and beat that tag um, so that he can have those consistent scores? Um, the other 
thing, I guess, is will Frio improve further and will that help him lift his average higher as well? So will just sort of the general, the nature of the team growing also help him grow his score? He did finish uh, 11th in 2022 for top scoring mids. Um, so it's kind of a question of who does he push out? Like mm. of the list that we've spoken about, mm. it's hard to see who actually sort of who's going to push out potentially maybe, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard one. I mean, it's, it's so yeah. early. There's no, there's no form. I'm probably not going to start him, uh, but I'm also not against starting him. Um, so it's a bit of an each way bet there. Um, kind of a you do you boo. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's just where I stand. Um, I've, I've never been a massive fan of Brayshaw. Um but I don't really have a reason for it. It's kind of just a, a gut feel. Um, I just, I don't think I feel super assured in him yet. Yeah, he uh, he finished, uh, I think it was ninth, potentially ninth, top ninth. Yeah, he was ninth. Ninth mid, sc- most scoring mid overall. Okay. Um, yeah. 12 points behind track, who was in eighth spot. So he was close enough to being one of the best yeah. starting mids um considering there's eight spots in your midfield but um starting spots it is but yeah for me like i yeah i owned him in 2022 and the main thing for me was that was frustrating is early in the year he's whilst his floor was was big his ceiling wasn't big at all and Mm. it was really hurting me there's a lot of fluctuations in his scores and really it, it wasn't until uh what point it would have been uh, round 11, uh, yeah, round 11, he he started punching out scores of, you know, 113, 135, 134, 132. Um, so he got a little bit more consistency, but I think among those games where he had the low numbers, he was starting to be tagged, like you mentioned. And yeah, that was one thing that's it's really a, his Achilles heel, I think, um, which may crop up from time to time this season yet again. So with that sort of specter hanging over him, uh, and yeah, the question as to who he pushes out of the top eight mids and can he can he actually reach it? He was close enough last year. Yeah, I, I'm not so much of a fan of starting him. I didn't start him last mm-hmm. year, but brought him in um, around about a time that he was coming good and then he sort of had a few speed humps and stuff. But yeah, I would opt to look elsewhere at this stage. Just talking about in terms of value, I don't think he's got much value. Last year was his, his first real breakout sort of season, I guess you could call it. Um, so with that, without any assurance with, you know, historical um, data backing it up uh, long-term, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll look elsewhere. But one guy I think that I'm going to be looking at um, rather closely as an alternative option is this next guy, Liam. And it mm. is the Helicrypto, Helicrypto, <laughs> as we call him, uh, Patrick Cripps. Um, because, yeah, early in the season anyway, he was, um, he was taking us to the moon, wasn't he? Well and truly. He was. <laughs> he was. Um, until he broke down, ran, ran out of fuel and uh, crash landed. Um, but then he came good because he won the brown line. Don't know how, but he did. Um, kudos to him. But Paddy Cripps, he is priced at 6.11 on the dot. Um, in terms of value, uh, probably priced on, ex- priced on par mm. with expectations, I think, uh, with his output. Uh, in terms of his buy, he does have that fourth buy in round 15. And looking through the queries and upside, so the big query, 
Um, you can't overlook this. He's going to be missing his right-hand man, my right-hand man, actually. The man that should be sitting right, right beside me or probably on my lap because um, I love the man so much. Uh, he's, he's, I was about to call him Paddy Walsh, Sam Walsh, um, <laughs> for the first month or so of the season. He's going to be missing him. Um, unfortunately, mm. he was suffering from the same back injury ailment, whatever you want to call it, that he was suffering, which kept him out of round 23, um, the all-important clash against the Pies, which we lost, unfortunately. Don't want to re-dig uh, up those, uh, <laughs> those, those memories again. Mm. But the main thing without Walsh being there is will Cripper get further attention in the form of a tag? Mind you, he can shake them mm. depending on who the tagger is, just – given his attributes, he's such a tall player, can be pushed forward, can, you know, be swung back. Um, but that's the main thing that's that's sort of in my mind and probably holding me back from selecting him. Um, there was an argument there without Walshie there, there's more points to be had. Um, and if Carlton do improve, and I'm, I'm praying to the footy gods that we do, <laughs> um, <laughs> then, yeah, potentially he could go up another notch, which is scary to think. But the verdict for me, just condensing all of it, is... I don't mind him at the price, but, you know, I think 2022 is probably a reflection of his ceiling um, because he did max out in virtually every stat. I was looking at um, uh, AFL tables and just looking at his stat breakdown in in comparison to previous years, and he's had a career best year across the board. Although there is room to improve, believe it or not, because clangers are one thing that's holding him back uh, when it comes to super coach fantasy, as, as we know, it's not going to um, hurt him there. But Clangers and super coach is a big thing, and that did hold him back from time to time, and did lower his ceiling, even though it was quite big. Um, but if he can up again the number of goals that he's kicking, even though he, he uh, had a, a season best, I think he kicked twenty odd, twenty goals nine or something. You know, can he go to another level? So for me, it's a genuine fifty fifty. Um, I'd love to start him, um, but if I'm ripping my bias out of it, I would probably say I'll, I'll bypass him um, early on because of there's a little bit of risk there. I don't see him taking his average up any further um, or having a consistency to maintain that price. So I can see his price coming down a bit, which he could probably jump on him at a certain point when you're upgrading. But um, in summary, for me, I'll be looking elsewhere, but he's very tempting. I agree. Actually... No, I agree on the. I don't. I, I agree that I don't think I'll start him. I don't necessarily. I don't think he's. I'm not tempted by him to be honest. I can't see him as you said. I can't really see him pushing his average any higher. Um, as you said, he's had career best stats, um, basically everywhere except for his clangers. Obviously, cleans up his clangers. That'll help. I can't necessarily see him upping his goals further necessarily. No. I think it'd be a big push for him. Um, That's probably my main concern. And I think as well, again, this is just off the top of my head, but I feel like we often see a bit of a a fall away from players after their Brownlow. Mm, Yeah. That's true. Um, With scoring. So that also would have me a little bit worried. I'm not, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think at his price is not bad. Um, Yep especially when you look at sort of like maybe a Brayshaw um, for 4K, 4K less, I think I'd rather start a Crips. Um, I just can't see him. I can't see him pushing his average higher. Mm. Um, 
necessarily. And that's not to say that he won't. It's more so a case of I just think the chances of it are quite low. Like I think it's going to be hard for him to do it um, because he's, yeah, going to have to basically have another career best season um, yeah. to do that. I mean, potentially maybe playing more games would help him as well. Mm. Um, but I suppose that doesn't help his average necessarily. But, yeah, it, it is, he's a tough one. I don't think, I don't think I'll be picking him. Just just quickly Personally. before you uh, you jump into your your man that's coming up next, just um, when we're talking about Cripper, could he go to another level? Um, yes, he did average 111.1, but we must remind ourselves that in 2018 and 2019, he actually averaged 119 and 117. So there is mm. an indication there that There's he could potential, potentially yeah. lift to another level. Um, and you'd think naturally if Carlton do improve and they have to improve, yeah. like that's kind of – what's what the benchmark is like from the AFL, not just internally within the club, you'd think naturally he's going to go up another level again, but yeah. it's to, to what extent. Um, so I, I don't see him regressing. I can see him staying around about that, that, that yeah. mark, which is the main thing, but yeah, it's that query just without, if Walsh was there, I probably would think about selecting him more than what I am. Yeah. That. Yeah. I and mean, that's a fair call. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think, it's just, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a bit of a tough one to to look at. I think, um, with with yeah, knowing that obviously you know that Walsh isn't going to start um, alongside him. Um, he's a tough one, but I, I I think I prefer him to others at around this price. So if you were needing someone, he's not a bad pick. Um, and I think at the very least, you I think at the very least you'll probably expect him to maintain his average. Um yep. and I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Um, personally. Uh, moving on to yeah, my Your man. My man, Darcy Parrish from my mob, 610.8k. Uh, now his price probably reflects where he is at in terms of value-ish. Uh, I don't think you're overpaying for him, but I also don't think he's a bargain at that price. Uh, round 14, which is his third buy. Um, now, he was affected by injury in 2022, which did hamper his average, I think, uh, with a couple of injury-affected games, but also a couple of poor showings as well. Uh, the questions for me, again, is this to a greater extent, I don't want to say a greater extent, but there's a new mid, there's a new coach, um, and that's going to potentially affect his role. I don't think he's going to be kicked out in the midfield. I'm not suggesting that. I just think that um, I'd want to see what the strategy around the midfield is, um, I guess, from an Essendon's perspective and sort of knowing Essendon a bit better um, as a supporter. Uh, I felt like the, in the past, last year especially, Truck had – a very limited midfield rotations. Um, so he relied on a few midfielders, wasn't a great deal of rotations through the midfield um, or they weren't really rotated well early on, I don't think. Um, so it was kind of left to a few as opposed to sort of spreading the load, um, which I think had issues um, 
in a sense. Um, so I think that has two fold one, obviously you're in the middle for longer, which gives you more opportunity to be around the ball and other points, but I guess equally, it also reduces the amount of increases, the amount of time that you're on the ball, but also means that you're not getting that break, I guess, in a sense, um, but also means that you're not having to share points around as much. Um, but with that in mind, I'd probably want to see what the Don's midfield shapes up like. I think you've got players like Setterfield coming in, uh, uh, Satsis, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry, mate. Yep, we'll go with that. Um, Starts with a T. Got Hobbs. His own fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hobbs coming yep. in, playing greater role. Nick Martin, um, uh, Perkins. I just think there's, there's, there's a lot of question marks around yeah. what the midfield looks like. Again, I'm not suggesting that Parrish is is not playing midfield. Um, he'll be playing midfield. It's just how does the how does the makeup and the sort of the the mixture of all the players affect his scoring? So I think not a bad bad pick overall, um, but probably not a bargain either. Mm. Um, and probably one that I'd want to watch early on. Yep. No, you've summarized it nicely there. Um yeah, I'd, I wish I was talking about my man Walsh around about this mark as well because it was a sliding yeah. doors moment for us, wasn't it? Like uh, in terms of yeah. I would, I would go for Walsh. He would go for 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 Darcy. Um, good old. Um, I won't I won't call him the um, the wilting flower, even though I I just referred to it because um, he's he's taking his game up another notch. He's he's a good player in his own right. Um, but yeah, you've you've summarised it nicely there. I think it's a wait and see for me. Uh, moving on to this next guy though, and it is a player that we both love. Um, mm. Super high floor, super high ceiling. Had a bit of a down year in 2022, and it is Jack Steele, priced at 604.4k. In terms of value, Tim Bruce has gone completely mad. He is extreme value, mm. extreme, super underpriced. Looking at his three-year average, is 119.4. It is priced at an average of 109.8 due to that down year last year. Should be priced closer to 660K uh, as he was at the start of 2022. Um, so keeping that in mind, like he's he's priced a whole, almost a whole 10 points lower on average than he should be. So um, yeah, 50, 56K or thereabouts in terms of value. Like you, you just take that any day of the week. Uh, in terms of his buy, he's got the round 12 buy. Query is an upside. So main query is obviously Ross, the boss line comes in as the uh, returns to the Saints. And I guess the Ross line effect is really unknown at this stage. He's been out of the game uh, for a while now, has Ross line. We don't know the impact he's going to have on St. Kilda with his game plan. As we know, when he was at St. Kilda and, and Frio as well, he was very defensive Um love to overpossess the footy, maintain possession, all that sort of stuff. But we're going to assume that he's going to bring something different to the game because a lot of opposition mm. coaches are just going to assume that if he brings the same thing to the table, like he's not going to last. Like that's that's so outdated. Um, so he's going to move the times, but we don't know how that's going to affect Jack Steele, if it does at all. Um, is it going to be slingshot footy? Is it going to be a little bit of flooding like he did back in the day? Um, but then you've also got to look at uh, the loss of Max King as well, uh, a key forward. Um, not really going to impact him too much, but in terms of hitting up key forwards, um, who's going to take his place, um, inside 50 kicks, all that sort of stuff. A little bit of a dent, if at all. Um, so there's not really many queries at this stage. Upside is huge. In terms of the verdict for me, 
like I mentioned, high floor, high ceiling, provided by his tackling prowess. Had a down year, but his average in 2021 and 2020 is, a, I think, a true reflection of his true output. Underpriced, great value. Get on. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm just looking at his scores, and I think we all kind of looked at his year last year and kind of went, oh, I think it was a bit, bit down. But realistically, he scored – he played – he had his injury-affected season. He played 18 yeah. games, uh, did his shoulder. So I can't remember which game he did his shoulder. It must have been against Geelong where he scored a 74. Um, and I don't think he finished that yep. match. Um, I remember he played through it. He, he, played, he went into the sidelines. He played and through then, it, yeah. Yeah, amazingly. But he was clearly hampered. He was clearly yeah. hampered. And looking – like, yeah, he played 18 games – I think it was 13 of those were above 100. So it wasn't necessarily a poor a poor season. Um, yeah. Other than a 58 in round 22, his other scores were all 75 plus. Um, and one of those included the injury um, and sort of his next lowest were 87 and 93. Mm. So it wasn't a terrible season overall. Um so, yeah, I, I, I can't see why you wouldn't want to start him because I think he's super value. So now moving on to our next option with Josh Kelly, uh, priced at 582.3K. He is actually priced only $100 different from his 2022 starting price, which is nice value after a, a down year, really, especially factoring in his three-year average is 1091 and he is priced at an average of 105.6. So realistically, if you if you think about that, he probably should be priced at around 600k. So getting about a you know 20 8 or 18k discount, which is nice. Does have the the fourth buy in round 15 and obviously and when you think of Josh Kelly, we do not think of durability. Uh, okay. but he actually played virtually a full season in 2022. Uh, and Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper are no longer there. And uh, Leon Cameron Who else? is out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so waiting for that. He's the big one. He's probably the biggest of a lot. Uh, yeah, biggest, the biggest out. That's, that's the most, most beneficial to us. Uh, it does mean that there are more points up for grabs uh, with great reliance on him stepping up. Uh, we'll also mean that some of the other players uh, that we'll touch on later are also good options, are potentially good options um, for some cheaper, at cheaper price points. Uh, I do think he's a great value pick uh, in terms of the verdict. <clears throat> he will save you money, but I probably only select him if his injury issues are behind him uh, with no preseason setbacks. And we know that this guaranteed CBAs, which he did lose late in the season. For me personally, I probably wouldn't start him, but I don't think he's a bad pick. Um, but I, I kind of have issue with starting players that do have that injury history um, mm. or durability questions. So I, I personally would rather start someone else um, at that price point. Like I think there's some others um, who aren't, haven't got, I guess, the, the scoring history, but I think are good options. And the next guy on the list that I'll, I'll pass over to you, Damon, I think is a perfect example of that. Yep, summed it up nicely. And yeah, let's move on to this guy because he's he's someone that uh, I was excited about. And then yep. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the the the, the lavish name, uh, the hyphen, hyphenation of it, hyphenation, hot, I don't know, whatever uh -huh. that, 
Yeah, almost <laughs> hyphenation. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah maybe. Works. I don't know, but probably uh, giving away who it is now we're referring to. It is Luke Davies Uniac or Uniaki. I think it's I think it's Uniac. So I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's just such an exotic name. I'd like to know the uh, the origins, but Luke yeah. Davies. Yeah, what is that? LDU. That's what I'll call him. LDU. That's uh, <laughs> not 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 that not to be confused by a UDL. No, not a UDL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he was, if he was a UDL though, UDL flavor, he'd be delicious because <laughs> he is a delicious prospect in Supercoach. Talking in terms of value, he is great value. So he's priced at five fifty seven point four k. But it's all about the huge upside that he comes with. Given his form in the back half of the season in 2022, I think is reflective of what he can produce in 2023. Yeah. He averaged 82% CBAs in the last nine games of the year and averaged 113.6 in his last 10 games of the season, which I think is probably more of a true reflection of his output level um, overall. Compared to, I guess, you know, what, what, he's, what he's averaged at, like... He really hit his hit his straps. Um, it's probably hard and probably fraught with danger at times looking at averages in isolation. But given North Melbourne were just performing like shit, um, you know, for lack of a better term, the fact that he was performing as well as he did is testament, I think, to the level that he can go to on a consistent basis, I think, for me anyway. Um, looking at his buy, he's got a round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy overall. Queries and upside. So the main queries for me... Cunnington, Will Phillips, and Wardlaw um, will step mm. into the midfield, you'd think, and mm. potentially take CBAs. But I think mm. overall, it's LDU's midfield to really, you know, um, lead, uh, given his dominance shown in 2022. The other side of the coin is Clarko. He steps in as coach. You know, it's, it's Clarko. Clarko, good coach, but... You think of it in terms of the impact that he had on Hawthorne midfielders, you know, when Hawthorne's midfield was in its prime. North isn't in its prime, obviously. But when you're looking at youngsters taking the next step, I think this is his fourth or fifth season LDU. And traditionally, mm. players entering that sort of uh, margin of their career is when they start to really hit their straps. Yeah. So uh, it's all coming up millhouse, I think, for uh, LDU. Um, for me anyway, looking at it from that perspective. But yeah, just looking at it with Clarko and Hawthorne, he was totally fine with the likes of Tom Mitchell and co over possessing the footy uh, as maintaining possession was probably the name of the game with Clarko with his game plan. So could this help LDU even further? Um, could there be more over possession of the footy? Um, all that sort of hoopla. But in terms of the verdict, looks to be a breakout contender. And if he continues where he left off in 2022, he could, I'm going to put it out there, could be the biggest bolter. It could be the next Andy Brayshaw, I guess you could say, um, but even more so because I think he could be a top 10 finisher. I don't know. I'm going to make the call, but uh, he, for me, is someone that uh, I can see taking the next step. I, I am quite excited. I'm excited by him too. He's in my side. He is in my side. Yep. Um. I think I think there's a lot of value there with him. He's someone I would have loved to have got into my side. I think we touched on him a few times, a few games, sorry, a few a few times in the podcast last year in the back end. He's a player I would have loved to have been able to get into my side at the time, but I couldn't. Um, and I think he's just set to just take his take his game to the next level. I think he's going to continue on with that form. And 
And it's going to be great. It's going to be great to see. I can't see, look, I know what you're saying with Cunnington, Will Phillips and Wardlaw. They will come in and take some, take up some CBAs. I can't see them pushing LDU out though. Um, no. I think you're right in the sense that his, it's, it's going to be his midfield in a sense. Um, I think he's the one that you, you maintain in there. Um, and then the others sort of come in as support. Yeah, with that with that average as That's... well on the back end, the last ten games of the season, one thirteen point six. If he maintained that over the course of the year, which is probably, you know, uh, hard for him to do, but with that snapshot, he would have finished eighth overall in terms mm. of top mids. So there is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sniff that he could potentially do that. Like there's a small snapshot, it's a small sample, not even half the season almost, but. Yeah, indications are that if he can maintain that level, recapture it this season, um, he, he could he could do it. I'm bullish. Yeah, bullish yeah, the bull. Likewise, likewise. Um, moving on uh, to another, yes, bit of a probably slightly more speculative pick uh, with Noah Anderson, five hundred fifty-two point nine k. Price-wise, sorry, value-wise, he's probably on par with expectations with maybe some slight upside there. His buy is in round 13, which is the second buy, obviously in the same one as Took Miller. Um, so that that buy with Geelong. So it would be good cover across the other buy rounds um, and shouldn't really affect your structure too much. Uh, the questions that I guess we all probably have is, will he naturally take another step in his development heading into his fourth season? The question is how big a jump can he make and whether he'll be able to really step up into that top 10 mid finish mm. place, I guess. Um, yep. I can't see, he, like it, it, it's the same thing as Brayshaw to an extent. Can you see him doing it? And I can't really see who he's displacing. I can't see how he's going to, because at this, at this price, 552.9K, you're picking him as a keeper. So he's going to stay in your side the whole season. He's going to be a bit of a pod, um, but I don't know whether that's going to benefit you all that greatly. Um, at that price, I'd rather look Davies Uniac um, or even a cheaper option who's next on the list. Um, but I don't know. What, what's your what's your thoughts here, Damon? Yeah, he had too many games in 2022 looking at that in isolation anyway where – his ceiling was kind of uh, lacking. Um, there was a stretch yeah. from round nine to round 15 where he failed to score uh, a ton. Came close a couple of times, but um, still didn't get over the 100 mark. Although then from round 16 to round 20, um, four, of the, yeah, the, four of those five games, he was um, 132, 154, 135, 105. So he really flashed his ceiling there, but then dropped back down again. So... I think he's at the moment, he's just lacking a bit of consistency, but he is yeah. showing that he could potentially um, reach that mark. But I just don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, Gold Coast should improve as well. Um, uh, yeah, for that price point, I uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see him as a, as a sexy option like I do with LDU. Maybe it's LDU's name. I just, mm. I just love his name. That's just making, makes him a sexy option. But Noah Anderson, to me, uh, maybe 2024. Um, for me, I, I I don't know. It's it's hard. I'm I'm a 50 50 on the on the on the fence, and I think he's in that price range as well. If I was comparing him to LDU and this next guy, he's probably the third option for me. 
um, because he plays that, you know, he plays a little bit of inside, but more outside as well. Um, whereas LDU loves to tackle, as does this next guy. So let's move on to him, unless you've got anything else to, to add, Liam, with Noah? No, no, that's no, it. Noah's Ark? Nothing. No, sh- ship him off. Um, see ship you later. Fare thee well. Uh, let's move on to uh, to the next guy, and it is Tom Green, the big bull. So he's, he's a bit like LDU in that sense. Contested beast, priced at 534.6K, mm. almost a mini cripper in a sense. Um, in terms of value, great value. And huge upside as well. Uh, almost on par for me anyway in terms of LDU with that uh, price bracket, very similar. Yeah. Uh, can he take the next step? I think he could potentially um, get into that in a sec, but uh, his buy is round 15, which is, of course, the fourth buy. Queries and upside. So the main queries for me, um, probably for everyone else out there, uh, new coach, huzzah, no Leon Cameron. Uh, big win, big tick. Uh, but will they give him the opportunity to have, you know, more CBAs or bulk CBAs uh, if uh, the stars align? Uh, given, I guess, I guess the main thing is that uh, their former contested beast with Hopper is no longer there. So there is a vacancy there that he could step into. Can he fill Hopper's shoes? Hopper, mind you, uh, injury affected, wasn't there for the past Oh, 2022 anyway, but uh, was cropping up with a few injuries here and there, which prompted Tom Green to step into that uh, that role before I think he he, he sort of petted out a bit. Um, yeah. Didn't really have the fitness base, I don't think. Um, so he started yeah. like a house on fire in 2022 um, and then sort of fell away from there, was managed, um, involved in a lot of rotations as well. But yeah, the main query is, so the main question is, could he push for that top 10 or the top eight spot? Um, it's hard. It's hard because you, you you can't really, you can go off past data to sort of predict. And yeah, he's averages over the past few years as well. Like he's going up and up and up. Um, I think there's potential. I rate him behind LDU. Um, yeah, just because I've seen that that back end form line for LDU, which gives me a bit of security, makes me feel warm, fuzzy like all that sort of stuff. Tom Green was the opposite; started like a house on fire, fell away. Um, he's a contested beast. That's the thing. Like, could he? Like everyone was saying that he's the the mini Cripper, like in, under under eighteen champs. Um, he's going to take the step, but when's it going to be? Will twenty twenty three be the year, Liam? Hard to say. I mean, looking at his scores from last year, he really did start the season like house on fire. He went 164, 106, 147, 92, 115, 108, 107, 96, 75, 102, 77, 117, 102, and then really fell away from there. Um, But I'd love... Just, I'd, I'd love to see him take the next step. I'd just be worried. Like it's kind of the, as you said, it's the opposite of LDU in the sense that he started well and finished poorly. Mm. At that price, you really need to start well. If he were to go massive at the start of the season, like he started last season priced at 430K. So his 100K um, extra this year, 104K, um after like after a few weeks 
last season, he had actually gone up from 430K by round uh, seven. By round seven, he was 551K. Yeah. So he'd gone up quite a lot. Uh, and then dropped back down again to his strategy? starting price. Then dropped down, <laughs> yeah, dropped down again very quickly. The 433. But what the I'm end. trying to say is, is there almost a sense that you can short him? Like, yeah. it's a big risk. But could you could you get on him, hope he has an absolute blinder to start the season, he gets up maybe to 600K and then you swap him over to someone who's a bit more of a short bet? Yeah, okay, I like that. Jesus, is a bit of a bit of stock market uh, talk here. This is uh I don't know. I, I I don't know whether I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you can't guarantee that he's going to have that he's his scoring him his sorry, getting up to that high the higher points is going to be much harder. He making mm. that extra 100k or even that extra 70k, he's going to have much, he's going to need higher scores than what he probably had last year. Um, or a higher average um, across those rounds. So it's going to be harder for him um, yep. because obviously he's priced at 430K, so it's harder for him to get up higher in price. So it's going to be tougher, but, yeah, something that I would consider, just if he's going to have that similar sort of come out of the blocks, absolutely firing, that could be a potential option. I can't see him displacing anyone out of the top 10 mids, so that would probably be my issue. And I think maybe 2024 is probably the year, another year of fitness built in. Um, yep. Hopefully, twenty twenty four is his year. But I'm not against picking him either. Yeah. Like I don't mind. I don't mind the risk of him. But I think the risk. I think if you're gonna, I'd rather spend up an extra twenty ish k and and pick Luke Day. Uh, pick LDU, um, yep. personally. Yeah, he's um, that's a thing as well. Like. There, there is, there is that going for him with, uh, I spoke of it with Hopper, but also Taranto, who I forgot to mention as well. Like, there's a couple of key pillars um, missing in the Giants' yeah. engine room, so it's almost like he's he's going to have to be forced to play more time in the engine room. Um, but it's just whether or not he's fit enough to do so. Like, he fell away um, with time on ground uh, percentage, especially in the last month of the season, where he was, he's, I think he's lost about 20 minutes worth of uh, of game time. Um, because he was managed that that uh, that highly. Um, in terms of uh, CBAs and stuff, like uh, where is he? Just having a quick squeeze. Uh, so he had the third most CBAs actually average across the year with 58% um, behind uh, actually the most of all the midfielders, surprisingly. Um, mm. And it was uh, Priest with 64% and uh, Matty Flynn, 68%. So that's, uh, that bodes well for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's going to be given an opportunity. I think, yeah, it's whether or not he has the fitness base to to really step up his game. Um, so whether it's this year or next year, um, but I like that uh, that strategy as well of potentially shorting him. So um, jump on him if he skyrockets, and then uh, if he looks like he's struggling in terms of fitness, um, you know, a couple of months into the season, uh, jump across to uh, another, you know, assured mm. Fulham premium. It's a nice strategy. It's one that I've uh, never heard of, so I like that. Interesting. It's yeah. I don't know if I'm advocating for it because <laughs> he could potentially but, stay at that point as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. But yeah, we don't know. It's it, it's hard. Like I think last season made more sense to do that. Priced at four thirty k, he went one sixty four one oh six, and then but just before his price change, just after his price change, or the the week of his price change was one forty seven. So if you jumped on him after the first two rounds you instantly, he, he gained 72K after, you know, round three 
And then yeah. you gained another 22K the week after, another 22K the week after. So I think in that case, it probably worked a bit better. So if you was priced around that 400K yeah. or 430, then maybe it would work. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's yeah, a tough might, one. Might, might delve into it uh, a bit more in terms in the strategy of we're talking about the strategy yeah. uh, strategy episode, which will be at the back end. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's, let's move uh, on to... Yeah, let's move on to the Chad, Chad Warner, 532.7K. Now, I was probably bullish on him, especially last year, about how he would go this year. And I, I think mm. I've cooled a little bit on him. Um, and I think that comes down to just looking at his his scores. But uh, let's have a chat about his value first. Slight value, I think, with some upside there. Um, you really need him to take have that breakout season because um, he really is being picked as a, um, as a keeper at this stage. His buy is round 12, uh, which is the first buy. And he has flashed his ceiling throughout 2022 uh, with scores of 155, 148, with five of his last eight games being 100 plus for an average of 107.25, which does suggest he could again take an, take another step in his game. He was also the highest scoring swan in the grand final with 126 to underline his quality. And I guess also showing he can do it in a in the big big games, but also when his side's down, like it's it's not necessarily that he's reliant on those around him. Like he really, he stood up is sort of one thing that sort of I think is is good to see. Um, but the question will be, can he bust out those high scores on a consistent basis with his disposal? The, really the one thing that's holding him back and just mm. quickly having a look at his scores last season, um, they were quite – varied again like quite a, a bit volatile i want to say yep um lower score of 51 higher score of uh 155 and he really like he had one two three four five six seven eight nine ten scores above 100 of his 21 games so really he he was scoring just under half of his scores were you know above 100. So that's something that, you know, we really do have to consider. I mean, obviously he's going to have a sort of a natural growth in his scoring, I want to say, mm. um, just by virtue of the fact that he is, um, you know, getting to, you know, building in his, building his game up. Um, so he could be one to take a gamble on at the price. Um, but a question again would be his ability to break into that top 10 scoring mids. Um, he could, but I reckon 2024, like like um, Tom Green, that's probably his year. Mm. Yep. I Personally. like it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very much – we, we spoke of him. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I've cooled on him. Like I think I was yeah. quite bullish on him. The cooler. You're um, the cooler. And I definitely feel like I've taken a step back from that. Yeah. We spoke of him uh, during the final series, I think it was, or – during the yeah. off season at some stage and we're like, Oh yeah. Like I think you, you mentioned him first to me and I was like, yeah, like I'd noticed his, how well he performed across the finals and especially in the grand final. Yeah. And I think it was probably, um, we were both seduced off the back of that as to how well he went in that one game, you know, we had pretty um, important game nonetheless, but yeah, I looked at his scores as well when I was formulating my starting lineup and I was like, I, I don't know. Like he, he seems like he's good value could potentially take it up another notch but yeah consistency is the main thing with him and then yeah as you mentioned as well he's um his disposal which is really holding him back um so if he was yeah, forward me, eligible 
If yeah. he was forward eligible, I'd pick him 100%. Yep. I can't do it as a midfield. No, no, exactly. He's taking a valuable spot. That's that's the main yeah. thing for me anyway. He doesn't push anyone else out for me. No. Uh, let's move on to uh, another guy who historically has been um, a bit of a cornerstone when it comes to uh, AFL fantasy and super coach. And it is Tom Mitchell, who now dons the black and white for Collingwood. And he's priced at 528.6K. Um He's an interesting one. Always is. Um, mm. In terms of his value, he presents as value given he has historically averaged well above what he produced in 2022, which is, of course, a down year for him. Um, he was 117 average in 2021 and 113 in 2020. So, yeah, he's a um, he's an interesting one. He's a very, uh, very interesting one. But uh, looking at his buy, uh, he's got the round 14 buy, which is, of course, the third one. And looking at his, I guess, main queries and, of course, the upside with the queries. Uh, oh, sorry. I'll start with the upside. Um, the Pies did struggle with clearances in, in 2022. So his spot in the Pies engine room is obviously going to be crucial and thus will be given prime opportunity. So there's no query there like in 2022 or unlike in 2022 when he struggled for CBA time at the Hawks under Sam Mitchell, um, it was taken out of the engine room there and, uh, and really struggled, didn't play his natural game, didn't have the, uh, yeah, the dinky one, two handballs and, and whatnot and mm-hmm. contested possessions, which really is what he built his, uh, his super coach and fantasy game off more so super coach. Um, but you know, the main query and it always is this, and he does have a limited ceiling unless he gets bulk possessions. He only had nine hundred plus scores with uh, with only three of those 120 plus and he had 17 oh sorry 17 of 22 games in 2021 or 100 plus games so he does have that sort of mid to high um, tier scoring in terms of ceiling but again only nine were 120 plus scores which goes some way to suggest only half the time he scores above 100 mm-hmm. he actually goes big into the 120 plus territory. So he does struggle. And there's that, that correlation over those, uh, those years there to suggest that again, he's another year older, even though he's in a different team. Um, it's going to happen again. I think I can see that happening again. There's a bit of a trend there, um, which goes against me picking him. So for me with the verdict, yes, even though he's going to be a popular choice given past averages, but given that, that scoring ceiling is quite limited, I think that's going to hold him back from pushing into the top 10 and especially into the top eight mids for me. But having said that, if Adams struggles with durability, which he has struggled with, especially last year, he's upside. However, will go through the roof as a primary contested midfielder. So th- there is a bit of stuff going for him if that were to happen. But uh, I think there's too much going against him uh, for me to pick him despite that, that, uh, yeah that value mm. no i think that's totally fair i i'm twig and throwing on him i think he's one that i feel a bit more 50 50 with yep. um like i look at him and i think everything you said stands out like is 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 exactly what i'm thinking but to add to it um and there's there's no basis for this it's it's purely just seeing what fans, Collingwood fans are talking about on Twitter. So like I really can't base this off that. But I kind of look at it and think if I was if I was McCray, 
my plan would be get like you're struggling with clearances. What you want is you want Tom Mitchell to extract the ball out to the likes of Crisp or Dugowie, who are more likely to run and carry the ball. So he's not necessarily going to get, I don't think he gets the one, two that he necessarily gets from the clearance because my, my intention would be to get it out to one of those guys um, who then are more likely to penetrate um, with, you know, they think they're kicking or they're even they're running. Um, So I don't know whether he gets the bulk possessions in the same way, like the one twos. So that's one thing. Second thing is, is the are the pies struggling with clearances based off their personnel, or are they struggling with their clearances based off their ruck lineup? So Darcy Cameron came in and did a did, did a great job. Um, I want to say, like, I, th- I think a great job. I don't want to be too harsh, but sort of a considering great circumstances, job. yeah, he was thrown into yeah, the, yeah, into the ruck exactly. Grundy being there, I don't think he's not a top ruck. Um, no. And so that's the question that I would also have, is the supply going to be good enough for him to, him coming in as a clearance player, is it sort of what, 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 what needs to happen first? Is it the ruck? Um, Is he going to shark the ball off, off opposition ruckman or is he really need the supply to come to him? Um, So it's kind of, I guess, slightly egg and which comes first egg or chicken Um, with that one. Um, so those are sort of the two questions that I have, but then equally I look at it and I go, they struggle with clearances. So they, they've got a, essentially a, one of the best clearance players to come in mm-hmm. to help them. Yep. So ugh, it's hard, but in, in essence, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. 50, 50 I, don't know. I, I must yeah. admit that, that I actually selected him in my initial team. Like when I went through, I've changed it a few times as we all have probably, about 200 yeah. times for myself yeah. personally, but he he was actually in my starting team. And then <sighs> I did the numbers, had a look through, and I was like, it's the name, it's Tom Mitchell, and historically he scores well. But again, he's got he's got a high floor, but it's just that that ceiling that fluctuates and that lack of 120 plus scores. Yeah. Um, even though I think he's average, he's going to average quite well across the course of the season. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just there's just something about it that, yeah, he's he's value. He's value. Like if you pick him, he's he going to deliver. Yeah, he's going to deliver. Um, but I think depending on your structure and your lineup, for me, he's actually taking the spot. He sorry, he would be taking the spot of LDU, and I prefer LDU yeah. more, even though that's stupid to say because LDU's worth almost not proven. What, yeah, thirty thirty k more, and he's not proven like Tom Mitchell. I'm just yeah. going off a hunch there more than anything. Uh, which you've got to do sometimes. I think you just got to back yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the one strategy that I'm taking into this year is previous years I've been safe and I've been going with the guys with the name um, who's had a bit of bit of grounding, a bit of uh, a bit of assurance with historical scoring. But having said that, yeah, you'd, you could go for him and that there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I agree. It's a tough one. <laughs> Yeah, it we can speak about it. Maybe it, maybe it's something that we speak about because uh, we'll probably end up going over and over and around in circles yeah. with him. But maybe yeah. it's something to speak about for the strategy episode as well. Like because yeah, it's he's at that that price point as well around about those guys that could potentially break out. Do you go for him over someone like an LDU or a Tom Green? Um, so maybe yeah, we uh, we delve into yeah. A let's bit let's more circle there. back. Let's circle yeah. back. To circle him back. Later. <laughs> 
Well, Liam, that rounds us out for the end of uh, what has been a, a pretty lengthy part one of this discussion on mids, and it is uh, broken up to parts, yes, <laughs> because we don't want to bore you all to sleep by serving you a two-hour mammoth episode in its entirety. We did we did consider it, but uh, yes. we've gone back to re-record. Uh, you guys don't know this. It's, I'm, I'm bloody looking out. I'm giving you a look under the hood as to what's happening in the uh, in the post production here. But um, yes, we've broken it up into two parts for your viewing and listening pleasure. Yes, and we've obviously touched on the primos in this part. And we'll be discussing the mid-prices and rookies in the second. So if you're watching us on YouTube, just flick across to the next video to continue on. Yes, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, Liam, we'll collect our thoughts, recharge our brains. We've got to plug them in because we're running out of power and juice. And be back very shortly to go through those mid-prices and rookies. So we'll see you in the next step. Catch you then. See you guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.